Welcome to the Lead Tough, Not Loud podcast, where we help leaders focus on important things, not just the loud things. In our last episode, we started a conversation about the trending topic of quiet quitting. Uh, my co-host, Adam. Hey, Adam. How's it going, man? Hey, we and I, we had this conversation about quiet quitting. And really, in the last episode, what we wanted to do was to help give some understanding of what quiet quitting really is. And what we discovered in our conversation, you know, prior to even recording the last episode was there is some differences in understanding and really they're generational differences that we yeah. felt like we needed to address. And so where quiet quitting is kind of a topic that we're seeing in the workplace and organizations and with teams from the younger generation, um, to kind of just review really quickly it's this idea of acting your wage. And yep. um, I felt like we, you did a great job of helping us understand what that means from your perspective, from the younger generation perspective. And I felt like we got, did a pretty good job of giving some understanding overall for everybody um, of quiet quitting and, and kind of that topic. So we'd encourage you, if you didn't listen to the last episode, go back and listen to it so you kind of get some clarity and some understanding of quiet quitting and what what we are seeing that's going on and what's trending out there. In this episode, we wanted to, we did a two-part episode because we felt like we need to give more time to the definition of it and understanding of it. But this episode, some, some kind of things we can do as leaders and in leadership to address quiet quitting. Yeah. Either if it's happening to us or we're seeing it happen with people that are working for us or that we're leading, or even in some preventative ways and doing yeah. some preventative measures with that. So that's what this episode, kind of part two of the quiet quitting um, topic is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So, And I, I will, I'll, I'll say this, that you can re-engage, uh, uh, I would say not even just the younger generation, but anyone in your workplace or anyone you're leading post, you know, quiet quitting or acting their wage. Um, even though in my mind, I, I like the idea of acting your wage. I think, hmm. I think from, I think that actually has a double, it's like a left, right punch for that. Yes. You should always act your wage. If you're being paid a certain amount of money to do something, you should not be excited that you can skate by doing less than that. And on the flip side of that, set some healthy boundaries by, you know, continually helping your, your leadership understand how, how that affects you and what you need, uh, in that arena. But you can re-engage people who have quietly quit and and get them re-engaged and get them excited again through some healthy conversations and things like that, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about today. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm glad you said that because it's not I, what you're saying. It's not too late. No. It's never too late. And so, um, you know, you've got a bunch of people who are quiet quitting, or you find out they quite they they're quiet quitting. Yes, you can address it, but yes. how you address it is really important. Yes, yeah, because we can address it in wrong ways mm -hmm. and really make things worse for ourselves, yeah. not even just for our people, but for ourselves as leaders. Um, and so the first, one of the first things we talked about and, and honestly, as I did some research in this and I found some articles specifically, um, you know, in, in Gallup, Gallup article that was written last month back in September that addressed this idea of quiet quitting. And they gave some, if you're not familiar with Gallup research, really encourage listeners to kind of look, look it up and, and discover a little bit more Gallup. There's so much good information that Gallup puts out there in their research about what's happening in, in organizations and businesses and in the workplace that leaders can grasp onto and make a part of the leadership and grow in those areas. But, um, you know, one thing that I saw that 
actually came out of our conversation that was even addressed in this article is one thing we can do as leaders is make sure there's an understanding of expectations, specifically a clarity of expectations. Yeah. And that's something when we talked about this, you you mentioned communication and communicating. And so that's the first thing we want to talk about is this clarity of expectations from our people, from those that work for us, from those that we're leading. Totally. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things when we talked about this, and this was a frustration that I heard from you, Adam, is, you know, there you have a job description, right? When you're hired, you have a job description and that job description basically tells you, here's what's expected of you to do your job. And yep. here's what we, as an organization that hired you and leadership that hired you, here's what we expect you to do. And, and it's kind of written down, right? Mm -hmm. But in the conversation, most of the time, it doesn't stop there. Yeah. And there's, there's more expectations that are added onto you um, as you become a part as you know, over time. And you mentioned this, even in the last episode of like, Hey, we need you to kind of do this. And you're like, well, that's not what you hired me to do, you know? And, mm -hmm. and not that you're throwing a fit about it, but it's just the expectation yeah. that is there that you were unaware of yep. and the frustration yeah. that comes with that. So, yeah. Um, my, honestly, my, my advice for uh, anybody in an upper level, upper, oh my God, oh my goodness, <laughs> upper, upper level, level leadership uh, in, in this specific situation would be to stop viewing your employees and the people you're hiring and the, and the potential hires that you have, that you're looking at, stop viewing their job descriptions as a jumping off point mm. because it's like plaguing everything nowadays and it seems to be a normal response that things adjust, things change, except for your pay. Yeah. Like that's not a jumping off point. That seems very much set yeah. in stone. And I think, and honestly, it's just it's a level of care and expectation setting to to not see someone's job description hmm. as just like a jumping off point. This needs to, if this is what you're looking for and this is what you need, hire for that. And if that changes, have a conversation around those changes. Yeah, that's a great point. To, to, to add on to that, I've actually seen job descriptions where, hey, here's what we're hiring you to do. Here's, you know, based on the skill set and what we need. And at the end, you know, that's all these expectations of here's what we want you to do. Mm -hmm. And at the end, there's kind of this little asterisk or another bullet point that says, and anything else management would want you to do, yep. right? And yeah. it's, or, or worded yeah. in different ways. I've seen that on job descriptions. And that's, first of all, that's, if you see that in job description and you're applying for that job, that should be a red flag to you. It should. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, if you're a leader and you put that on, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't put that on there because that's just kind of an open door for really not a good situation going mm -hmm. forward on both sides. Yeah. So, but, but the clarity of expectations is so important, especially from the beginning, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. like you, the point you just made is in the hiring process, your expectations and what you expect that person to do should be a part of your hiring process. And as we talked about this, even if there's, if there's expectations that, um, you have in terms of kind of the buy-in you want from the person you're hiring or, or kind of the going above and beyond, you know, at certain times you should talk about that ideally from the beginning, even in the hiring process, totally. Right? Yeah. like, and the conversation would go something like this, like, Hey, there are seasons for what we do. 
in our business and organization that are just high seasons, right? And we need everybody on board and there's, you're going to be working more hours probably. And there's going to be more expected of you in terms of that. And deadlines are going to be a little bit more on a crunch kind of, and because it's just a high season for us and we have those times, if you can talk about that with the person you're hiring from the beginning and there's agreement from them, you know, then you already, that's a good example of clarity of expectations, right? Yeah. You're not saying exactly what's in job description, you know, or having it written down, but you're telling them, Hey, we do have high seasons and this is what is going to be required. And as a team, this is what we do. We all rally behind, behind those times, behind those seasons. And so we would expect that, you know, of you or the person that we're hiring. Ideally, you should say that, right? And I know I'm saying ideally, but yeah, ideally, you know, make it a part of, make it a part of what, if you're hiring process that you are clear in those expectations and so that people know. Yeah. And so, and, and that you can do your job as a leader expressing to them what's expected. So I have a question for you and I would say, um, just leadership in general on this, is it wrong or incorrect for a younger person or anyone, honestly, who's, who's, you know, anticipating their, their role in a new position to, I know for me personally, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with everyone. Like we're, we're all running in the same direction. We're all trying to accomplish a a shared goal. Sometimes that means, like you said, if the timeline is tight or something's going on specifically, we're all doing this together. Is it wrong of me to assume that when you, when you're telling me your expectations that I would be assuming that this means everybody. So, so if we have one of these seasons and all of a sudden hours get long, long, and when we're saying, I would like to make sure that everybody knows we're saying hours are getting longer. We're saying if your normal is nine to five, let's say, Hey, we're, we're curious if we can do either two hours earlier, an hour earlier, an hour later, like we're not talking Oh, hopefully we're not talking to people who are anticipating three, four in the morning kind of sure. situations, yeah. Yeah. but I would be, I would be expecting that my leadership will be there with me, mm-hmm. that this isn't, Hey, your hours are going to increase and it's super tough. And, uh, I will see you tomorrow. Like, yeah, that's frustrating where it's, no. you know, yeah, no, I think it's safe to assume that. And okay. I think, I think leadership should make that clear that it's a team thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I, you know, I think, it's wrong. And I also, I think it's a bad leadership tactic. And I think it's really a character issue too. If you're asking that of just one person or two people Mm. and maybe it's to kind of pick up the slack for everybody else, that's not right. Yeah. So I think it it is safe to assume that for sure. The other thing with expectations is, you know, a lot of times, and this is something that if leaders can figure this out, will really help them in their leadership of leading people. A lot of times we have unspoken expectations right. Of what we, what we want from the people that we're leading or that, that are working for us. Yeah. And we have to avoid unspoken expectations as much as possible. If you expect your people to do something or to behave a certain way or have a certain attitude or take a certain approach, you need to tell them Mm -hmm. like you have to tell them unspoken expectations just set us up for bad situations going forward. And your people need to know what you expect of them. And again, that should go all the way back to the hiring process, but then should should continue through and you should constantly talk about those expectations with your team, with your people as much as you can. Avoid unspoken expectations. It's just, it's not good to have them. And because yeah. people don't know what you're thinking. They don't know what you want unless you tell them. And, and so unspoken expectations are not 
a good approach. And to assume that people will just do things the way you think they need to do them is, is a bad assumption. Yeah. So I can, I can tell you from the world of design that should probably be its own whole entire career path is just reading other people's minds (laughs) because the amount of situations that I've gotten to where you finish all of the work and in their mind, this wasn't really what I was, I was picturing very common response. It does. That's not, you're not wrong for saying that. But when you're the person who looked back through the notes and you're like, so I've checked actually every box that you asked for and we've, we made it to this point based on your direction. And now you're telling me this wasn't really what I was thinking Yeah, is it's not a good place to be. It's very, you know, so the clarity of expectations helps this, this trend of quiet quitting because that's, what's frustrating for people, Mm -hmm. right? Is they're constantly being told and back to our conversation last episode, you're constantly being asked to do something that you weren't told was going to be expected of you. Yeah. And when you're consistently asked that and you're constantly, you know, expected to do something that really isn't even, that's kind of even outside maybe your skill set or it just needs to be done or something like that. And you, and that's constantly put on you that can lead to this idea of quiet quitting yeah. and, or simply acting your wage, you yep. know, um, because you're, you just you just get tired, you get burned out of of expectations that you didn't think were there or were even unspoken. Yeah, it's up to you. So, clarity of expectations was kind of one of the things that came out. The other one that came out was this i this idea and this principle of expressing care to your people. Mm-hmm. And again, in you know, in the Gallup article, you know, talks about this as well too, and several other articles that I've seen. But this is also a big piece of leadership. Yeah, is caring for your people, and what we're seeing is one of the reasons why people are quiet quitting or acting their wage is because they do not feel that they're being cared for. Yeah, they're giving these, they're giving extra expectations, right? Hey, we expect you to do this, or we need you to do this, but it, they're they're giving. It's been given to them without care mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and. And I think that's a big, a big thing that could help with addressing this idea of quiet quitting. Yeah. So I think there's a, when it comes to the topic of care, caring for your, your teams and your, your people, there's this idea, especially where, when it comes to acting your wage of, well, why don't you act like the wage you want then? So if I want to increase what I'm being paid and show that I'm capable of handling more then why wouldn't I act like I can like I'm worth that much, like I can do that much. But what's interesting is your employees and your teams can sense, I would say a good amount. I won't say that they can sense the same amount, but they know when the company is willing to support them, when they're willing to care about them in that sense and willing to have that conversation. The dialogue is open for that sort of situation when it's not, the timing is just not right, you know, Mm. but you would need to have these people and you would need to have your teams in a place, in a position, in an organization where they feel like they can, they can do that freely and have that pay off and, mm. and move towards something that benefits the company, the mission, vision, values, that they're staying engaged. And it means an outcome for them on their side of, I'm excited to increase what I can do and what I can give to increase my opportunities here as well. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to expressing care, I feel like, you know, if, if leaders can get good at this, mm-hmm. if we can get good at expressing care to our people, to our teams, 
then we've done a good job of getting them to engage with us and and avoiding you know them quiet quitting on us or disengaging. Yeah. Okay. Really, because the the point of all this and what we really want is we want engagement. We want engagement from our people. Yeah. The more engaged our people are, the better our organization is going to be, and oh, the yeah. better results we're going to get from our people and as an organization as a whole. But there's a couple of things I feel like in expressing care that are really important for leaders to do. And the first thing I would say is you have to know your people, know your people, know who they are, know, know what's going on with them. Um, as much as you possibly can. I know, again, this seems like really I have to do that. And I would say, yes, you do. You have to know the people that, that are part of your team and that you're leading, know what's going on you know, inside of work, know what's going on outside of work as much as you can know what they're dealing with. The more you know them, the more you can care for them specifically. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would try and I would try to specifically show care as specific as you can to your people, um, kind of general care or, you know, just this blanket expressions of care. Don't go as far as specific expressions of care. And I think that's why it's so important to know your people. Yeah. Um, yep. You also, the other thing I would say when it comes to expressing care is you have to genuinely believe that your people matter. Um, oh, And okay. this is, this kind of goes back to a little bit of personal leadership. Yeah. And really when it comes to character and character part of our leadership um, is you genuinely have to believe that your people matter. Um, that your people are your greatest asset in terms of your organization or your business or your team. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing your people, genuinely believe that they matter as human beings, first of all, is really important. And as we talked about this, this is was kind of a hot topic, especially with younger generation because of things that have been going on and what we're seeing with the younger generation. Yeah. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit of your perspective about about that and why that's so important. Yeah. Uh, so specifically, and, and we'll do like very, very quick overview because even in, in our conversations, we realize that this in and of itself could be a whole topic of conversation, but the younger generation has gone through a lot in a very, very tech, Hmm. you know, an air quotes short amount of time. So, you know, from a lot of political unrest to, um, a lot of things happening in the work industry, in the job industry as a whole, when it comes to wages, uh, wages versus what things actually cost, uh, cost of living, cost of pretty much everything going up Mm -hmm. consistently, um, to things like COVID where, you know, it seems so easy for a younger person where it's, oh yeah, man, it's zoom, zoom conversations all the time and working from your computer. But that isolated feeling of Hmm. when that zoom call goes off, there's no one left around me to care about me in person, to ask me how I'm doing, to, go to lunch with, to check up on me, you know, and these are all things that are, are happening kind of consistently all the time. Yeah. There, there's always something new. There's always something, there's the, the consistent joke with millennials and uh, Gen Z where this is the, uh, like the third apocalypse we've lived through or the fourth apocalypse we've lived through kind of yeah. idea of it's rough. It's, it's mm. very, very tough yeah. to get your feet underneath you and figure out what comes next and do, yeah. do what comes next as Anx- a younger person. Anxiety is high. Oh, it's the younger generations right through now. the really roof. high. Yeah. Yes. And just going higher. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I'm fully aware and I completely understand the, the frustration, um, from older, from an older generation thinking that we're seeing this as 
this is worse than A, B, or C. That might have happened, you know, years ago, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Just kidding. But years ago, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of a, a situation for sure. But what what we're understanding is that, first of all, people's feelings are real and they're valid. So mm-hmm. if I say I'm struggling with anxiety or depression as someone who works for someone else, you would hope that that would spark up a conversation of how can I help you and how can I, you know, how can we be there for you or support you through this situation? And with that, you're you're anticipating that these people, like you said, they matter. I'm I'm anticipating as an employee or a contractor that I matter to the people that I work with. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's that's genuine. That's that's okay. It's okay to think that and believe that and trust that, right? Because you want to trust your employer. You want to trust your leadership that you do matter. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's a huge thing. And leaders then need to capitalize on that trust Mm -hmm. and, and show the care that, yeah, we do care about you as a person. You do matter to us, not just to our organization, but you matter to us just as an individual, as a human being, as a human being. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, that, that is a huge piece, you know, of all of this. So, and with, I'll say with that too, that's really where the majority of this stems from, honestly, is it's just a situation of um, someone younger like me looking at their job and saying, I don't really want this to be my identity. I want to leave work and be done with work. Hmm. I don't want to miss out on opportunities with my friends or family or people who I'm close to because of work when... So now I don't have these memories. I don't have these situations. I, don't, I haven't built these friendships, these relationships that are built off of care. They're not built off of a paycheck sure. on that side yeah. for something that was built off of a paycheck mm-hmm. and a job description that's asking too much of me and putting too much on me. And when I crumble, the only thing you get is really like, we noticed that you haven't been doing as much lately. You know, on that side, we just don't want that to become our entire identity. We want mm-hmm. to enjoy hobbies, time with friends. We want to put work away at the end of the day and be okay with that being the end of it and not make that the end all be all for everything we do and everything we are. Gotcha. That's, that's really important. That's a great, um, kind of clarity on, on that too. I think that's, I'm glad that you said that because, um, I think a lot of times, you know, leaders can assume Mm -hmm. that this is everything right for, um, that there were that, the people that work for them, that their work is the biggest thing yeah. for them. And, and for the, the founder and CEO, I bet it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I bet you, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong. You've put in a ton of hours. You've put in a ton of work. You've yeah. gone the extra mile when it was you by yourself, or maybe you and your first two or three employees. And now you're at this point of a, a large company or a large organization. And you're, you're anticipating that this means as much to like you and everyone around you. And maybe you're just at the point where it doesn't. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. This, this isn't my baby. I didn't make this. Yeah. I I'm here to support you and see this through. And I might completely buy into and support your mission, vision values and who we are as a company and what we're doing, but it's not mine. Yeah. And I do need to be able to leave and, and be okay with being done at the end of the day. Yeah. That's a great point. Great point. So to kind of just kind of recap, you know, this two things, clarity of expectations and expression of care for your people. Those are two things we've really seen and what we, in some of the research that's out there that we feel like are the two important things that can address the topic of quiet quitting or acting your wage that yeah. we're seeing that's trending out there with people or even coasting for the older generation. Right. And, 
I think the more you can do that, the more you're clear on your expectations, the more you can show genuine care to your people, you know, the more engaged they will be with, to your point, their, your mission, purpose, values, yeah. all that stuff, which is ultimately what you want. Um, cause the more engaged you, ha- your team is the better off your organization will be and the better results you'll produce. So yep. it's great. Adam, thanks for having this conversation. Appreciate it. Hopefully it was beneficial to those listening and get a better understanding of this topic and this trend of quiet quitting. Hey, thanks for listening. We know your time is valuable. So we hope this episode was valuable to you. For more information about Lead Tough Not Loud, visit leadtough.com.